Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, and welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is Steps to Maximizing the AI Opportunity. And our guests for today's show are Neil Arnett, who's the SVPIS and the CIO with Traffic Tech. Hey, Neil, how are you doing? Good. Yourself, Sandro? Very good, sir. Very good. Life is beautiful. God is kind. And I'm enjoying this discussion with you today. And we also have Haim Chari, who's the CIO Automation and Controls at GE Power. Hey, Haim, how are you doing, sir? Hi, Sandro. How are you doing? Thanks for the invitation. Oh, honor is all mine. And this this topic of AI is not new. A lot of people, and in fact, almost every one of us is talking about it. And we also see that AI is proving to a tool to be a tool which can really disrupt whatever we have been doing in positive way. And of course, we wanted to make the most of it. But the question comes is how? And that's what we want to cover today. So, Neil, maybe I'll start with you here today. When you're looking at AI in an organization, it's supposed to be a technical tool, but does it automatically lend itself to become the responsibility of a CIO? Or would you rather have this become a business initiative and seen by business, evaluated by business, and let them run what should be done with AI? Um, I think it, obviously I'm a little biased, but I I personally still think that the CIO takes the lead and shows the business where it can be used within the business. But then I think the business would take the lead on the individual projects. That's kind of how I see it happening. I mean, I think business leaders are qualified, but it's a partnership really, in my opinion. Uh, Any successful project requires, you know, good technical leadership and a good business leader to see the potential business benefits. So when you when you gave this response, are we assuming that AI has that technology or the geek side of it, which is not as well understood by the business? That's why CIO has to lead the path. And that question I'm going to ask you, Haim, when you look at AI and suppose GE, right, your organization, mm-hmm. GE Power, people are in the business side trying to always figure out a way to get certain things automated, get some intelligence in their processes so that it is not requiring hand-holding by humans. So in all of those areas, if they knew enough in terms of what AI is capable of, which is coming down to the basics that it can help with some intelligence, do some automation, help with some analytics, is that much information or knowledge enough for business to say, let us identify the use cases, let us do the due diligence on it, and Mr. CIO, why don't you be with us in this due diligence, but not necessarily be leading the show? I mean, that's a great question. And the way I would paraphrase it is the role of a CIO, I mean, I, especially where I come from, I would see it more in a bimodal uh, it's bimodal because you have to balance between managing the operations and also the aspect of innovation. And that's often a challenging aspect because in an operations perspective, uh, you're focusing on a few things. How am I preempting disruptions, which, which is where you have the convergence between technology and business? How do I ensure that my, I'm meeting my basic business requirement, be it deployment of my ERP system, my data lake, and everything. 
This is where the challenge has been. The CIOs have been focusing more on the operational aspect of it, and that kind of takes away from the need to focus on innovation. And in, in part, at least in where I work, the business has stepped up because they've, they've, they've understood that AI or IoT, this is not a technology. It's like, I mean, it cannot provide business value on its own. It, it's something about how do we adopt this technology and how do we improve the process, business process through this power of technology. And this is where they're able to come in and say, hey, we have some use cases that we want to try it on. Like I think one example that uh, is is being prevalent in, in the public knowledge is, is how GE has been able to leverage the data from the aircraft engines or gas turbines and turn that into insights that now we can provide information to our customers and say, hey, the main uh, with respect to maintenance or with respect to downtime, here is when we, you need to take your system down or here is something you need to be doing the maintenance of it. So certainly the business is taking the lead, but... I mean, from a CIO perspective, I think we are lagging behind because of the natural I mean, course of action we need to take, which is balancing between operations and innovation. I don't know, Neil, if uh, that's the challenge you felt on your side. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say right now... Um the business, I don't know what I would say if the business is stepping up right now. I would say they can identify the business cases for us. And, and one of the nice things about some of the new tools with AI is it's more of a power user uh, type of tool rather than a developer type tool. So uh, that's a nice um, improvement. Um, that's kind of where we are right now, but we're still kind of we're still exploratory on a lot of our pieces. We're kind of looking at internal processes right now. We're not touching anything external uh, to kind of you know learn. We want to walk before we run type of deal. So I mean, I, I, mean, I think on the IT side, I would agree with that. On the IT side, we are looking more inward because the we we ourselves don't know what the capabilities are. But on the clearly on the business side. Uh, the business leaders have been smarter uh, in adopting or been faster in adapting to these technologies, and they're using this as a competitive edge uh, when, when we go to our uh, customers. And again, we're, we're essentially in a platform economy wherein what is additional services we can provide to our customers so that they can continue to buy products from us, So, which is why I, felt, um, I feel that business is taking significant, um, I mean, they are significantly ahead of IT, in this in this mode and and just to add to what you both said um, if you look at the potential of ai that's well understood then the mm -hmm. ecosystem that's developing which is with the saas model or analytics as a service or ai powered you, you know deployment of certain functionality as a service everything is available by outsiders so those people could be coming and meeting with the business leaders say we can suck in the data from whatever you're made of making us available making uh, available to us and then we can run with the rest and frankly on the other side the the traditional corporate it folks are not qualified yet yep. to say we understand ai enough for us to be front ending it. So isn't this becoming almost like, okay, Mr. CIO, uh, go ahead and give me the data. Like give me, uh, or wherever the data is coming from, you just help us get a sense of it or I'll at least patch, we will patch you with this AI as a service provider and then rest of it, we don't need you. 
and it's not that we are you're being you know uh, you're supposed to step aside but you are not really in the critical path of ai getting adopted so neil are you are you seeing that that's where this is going to go is this becoming more of a uh, a peripheral initiative which may as needed invite you or require you but otherwise it can just get provisioned over time by by these third party providers and you will just be required to help with the data um i'm not seeing that yet um you know some of that sounds a little like shadow it a little bit um i'd have to say with the i mean all the data for us is all uh in house we don't have much data in the cloud um we're looking more for some of the you know uh, some of the rpas and some of the machine learning stuff on premise at this point not much uh uh, SaaS angles to it, so okay. we're 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 not seeing but, that yet. But I mean, I mean it might by, it might come, may, and uh, uh, I'm not saying it won't. But right now, we're not seeing that. If I may add, to you, I think um, you've seen the industry shift towards certain cre- creation of new roles. So like for instance, the role of a CDO uh, yes. is something that you hear a lot across the industry, and the role okay. of the CDO is essentially to take. Uh, take control of the data and make magic out of it. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that's where, and in my mind, we're seeing the shift in certain areas wherein the CIO role, uh, and it needs to evolve over time, but we are at a phase wherein I mean, AI in itself is in, is, in, is in its nascent stage, and it's, it's creating opportunities. I mean, at the end of the day, data is, the, is critical for everything. And what can we make out of this data and is what your outputs will be. And 100%. 100%. I mean, my industry, we're, I mean, we're in third-party logistics. We're non-asset-based, so we are information brokers in the end. So that, Exactly. Yeah. So, so based on what your responses were, which at least tells that there's there will be some shift. There will there's not a confusion, but we are still trying to figure out that who should lead the pack and in what support or driving capacity should the CIO and their group should get involved. And it's a little fluid right now, and and it is kind of shaping up. So, which is understood. It's understandable. Now, next question would be: So, suppose whatever that role CIO's group may play in in AI proliferation. What would we say is the best approach to identifying the most promising use cases? It, it, it takes me back to discussion about IoT some time back, where they used to say, yeah, IoT is great, but we have a tough time justifying the, the complete rampant use of IoT because we do not really see beyond the first few proof of concepts enough use case for us to do a big-time investment. What are we doing when it comes to AI and identifying the use cases, even though business may drive this whole thing. And what is the best approach or best practices-based approach to identifying use cases so that we very quickly know whether we should go head over heels in this AI, uh, you know, this this rush or the madness that we, we have started now. But before we get into it, please stay tuned, listeners. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. And this question is for you, Hem. Okay. Predict your company's future by creating it. 
Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Haim, if based on whatever experience you've had or you've heard your peers talk about uh, mm-hmm. adopting AI or at least starting that process, what are some of the approaches they have used which seem to be effective when it comes to identifying use cases, whether business does on its own or in collaboration with the CIO group? Yeah, so Sanjay, in, in our case, I mean, we've not really honed in on a singular approach def- I mean, in, in identifying the promising cases. What the, what the users and the businesses have been doing is been identifying the pain points and also opportunities and say, hey, here is something that we are doing. Uh, this, is, this is a, a rather mundane process or we are actually paying a lot of money to an external company for something that we could probably leverage uh, AI or machine learning or even RPA to solve this problem. Let me give you an example. So in, in, in GE, we pay. We used to be paying an external company about seven to eight million dollars to help classify something we called as uh, harmonized tariff systems. So what does what that means is, when we are buying products or when we are shipping products, we need to understand what at what tariff rates those uh, those will be charged and make sure that uh, the tax associated with it, if any, is accounted in a in a proper way. And we were actually paying this company about $7 million on a year-to-year basis. The business team worked with the data lake team and understood, say, hey, there's an opportunity to leverage new technology. And by electronically assigning the HTS codes to these products uh, and leveraging RPA, we were able to essentially reduce the dependency on the organization, and this resulted in about $6 million in savings. We still use it for, in some cases, uh, we, we have a dependency, but we've been able to significantly weave off the dependency and leverage what the technology is doing for us. But again, these are use cases that the businesses came in and say, hey, here is something we can, we can really make an impact uh, leveraging technology. That's so what you're, yeah, go ahead, Neil. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, for for myself uh, and our team, um, for us, it's. I mean, it's it's looking at what is easy to implement and has business benefit. We don't always really look for the biggest benefit, especially on a new technology. Um, we've kind of found that for us, like a four to six week implementation is kind of what we want with maybe like an eight week on the outside. Um, and then kind of build, you know, we want to build, uh, make, have some successes and then kind of build on those successes. It's kind of our, always been our goal with new technology. And so the, 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 the scope of AI and, and Neil, during the break, you mentioned that AI could be so many things to so many people. Right. Yep. So when you look at AI and if you continue to look at that as a technology tool, then there's one way to look at it or one way to harness. But if you start looking at it as a capability, which could take many forms, then you could be really painting on a white canvas and paint whatever you could want. So has that painting started at the business level, started thinking that, OK, I have a, a way to not just automate something at a basic level, but I could have some cognitive angle that could be attached to it or some intelligent automation could be done or there are some decisions could be made at a warp speed and what's possible? How far can we stretch our imagination? Has that part of ideation um, already kicked off in as part of the strategy phase in your business yet or we are saying okay let's tinker with this as a technology tool and we will see where this goes and and after that that ideation will start sorry is that a question for me yes yes that's for you yeah. sir. You sorry about yeah we're, we're still very much at the uh, exploratory stage um, we definitely have identified a couple different processes one of the things for us is um, as a uh, third-party logistics company, we deal with, you know, 10, 15,000 carriers a year. Um, so we're looking at, like, the, some of the documents uh, and automatically identifying the documents through OCR technology rather than the old-school way where, you know, you try and do things with templates. Now with machine learning and recognizing the type of document, we can auto-index a lot of that stuff and kind of push the process that much faster through the chain. So, Haim, when you, when you look at your organization and when you're identifying the use cases, are you looking at just the low-hanging fruits or is there uh, uh, some, some method to the madness of saying, I'm going to try to, through deduction, through analysis, find the promising use cases, which may, I may not even try right this minute, but these are some of the set of initiatives which I would line up. So I, I stretch out what all is possible. For, for us, I mean, we've been starting slow. I mean, there are pockets of areas wherein we've kind of gone advanced. So, like, for instance, if I were to take a smaller cases, uh, we've been looking at every business process wherein there's a lot of uh, manual touch points. Like, uh, if I were to give an example on the finance space, every time we, we're doing a quarter close, there's a lot of activity associated with pulling data and, a, and being real-time in terms of pull, uh, pulling information, updating the record so that the leadership can view how the results are. We've been able to leverage the power of RPA and automate it, and within power alone, they've been able to reduce about uh, 7,000 hours of effort because of this. If I were to take it to another level on the ERP, on the ERP side, 
AI has been able to, we've, we've embedded AI in the SAP implementation wherein they are able to automate the labor-intensive invoice matching process, uh, some of the key elements. So we're looking at opportunities wherein we see, hey, this is something, there is a, a manual touch point, and maybe we can leverage the power of automation and uh, eliminate that. Now, if I were to take it to the other extreme, uh, we have a team which is on the infrastructure side. They're looking at looking at all the, the locations wherein they have to manage the network capability. And what they are trying to do is they create a, a predictive analysis model wherein they are looking at every location, and the, through this predictive analysis, they are able to identify where a potential problem could arise. And, and already, even before the issue happens, we are able to start logging a ticket or notifying the network operations team saying, hey, this site in Germany we anticipate is going to go down in two hours because of these factors, and here is the ticket to go associated with. So there, there is an infrastructure team that is taking that to the next level, and the whole idea is being able to analyze before something happens and we are, we are, able, to, uh, we are able to stop that uh, from issue from happening. So again, it's uh, it's twofold. I mean, we are starting in uh, small in some cases, but in in, other, in some areas, we've gone pretty much mainstream, trying to make big things happen. So in short, Haim, shall, shall I say that it's the approach is more opportunistic versus holistic at this at this stage? I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. so Neil, when you look at your organization, and of course you're looking at AI as, uh, you know, you're tinkering with it, you're trying to find where it can work. Are you expecting AI to work every time, all the time, or you're by design keeping a human backup or a human control Ooh. as part of how you planning to use AI going forward? Yeah, I, we're definitely looking at more of an augmentation, like uh, augmenting the role, have a, a attended processes versus unattended processes at this point, um, kind of helping the the users type of deal rather than replacing the users. Um, I you know I don't think it's a it's a panacea. I mean it's it's a technology like anything else. Um, but uh, we are very encouraged on it, and, and I find what's nice about some of the um, some of the technologies within AI, like the RPAs and stuff, and machine learning. It's not expensive to kind of you know to get into it. You know, fifteen twenty grand, and you're kind of you have your own robots and you have your own um, tools to you know to start using using it and giving it to a power user or or giving it to a BA, etc. So when when you are looking at this, are you not looking at maximizing because the very show's topic was steps to maximizing the AI opportunity? So would you say that, yes, while that intention is there, but maximization of the AI opportunity is uh, a little farther away? Right now you are trying to evaluate whether we should go all the way with it. Is it where you are? Yes, yeah, for us for us we're definitely looking at processes where um it will definitely like maybe cut down some of the obviously cut down the mundane, you know, and and get rid of it and and have those users kind of um work on more value added uh, pieces of the business type of thing. And and obviously there's some 
places we see where, you know, maybe we do have five guys doing it today and it'll go down to two guys, uh, but the, you, those two people will still be needed and the other three will, you know, we'll move them to other, other positions. And, and I think what's also key for some of these processes is to have like a dashboard where you can kind of make sure, you know, things are still going on and that it doesn't, it doesn't uh, get hold held up by uh, maybe a scenario you didn't think of and, and, you know, work comes to a halt kind of thing. So sometime back, him, I was talking to a group of uh, CXOs, both business and IT, and there was a consensus that if you truly wanted to maximize the AI opportunity, then just looking for the cost-cutting endeavors, especially displacing human workers to save X number of thousand hours, that will take us only so far unless otherwise we have a growth centric outcome as the uh, the intention or that's what if you are not pursuing then maximizing the ai opportunity will just stop us from converting ourselves from a bean counter to a venture capitalist if you will <laughs> yeah i mean one thing, I mean, at the end of the day, when we talk about technology, we, it's technology is still a product of someone's imagination. I mean, when we talk about AI, we are, we are still at a phase wherein we are 100, not 100% sure how these technologies will work. I mean, we've been able to focus on small areas and get the wins. But then, again, in my mind, if I were to take the example of Google, I mean, Google has its own inherent issues with AI and how it operates. I mean... Like, for instance, if you search for, if you do a search in Google and say, uh, if a woman searches for jobs, typically Google will highlight the low-paying jobs versus if, uh, if someone else is doing. So, again, there are inherent biases that are associated with the technology, and, it, and all those need to be sorted, uh, sorted out uh, before we can probably say we're going to go 100% into AI. The way I see it is there are, I mean, as the as the... As the technology evolves, as the proliferation happens, be it machine learning, blockchain, AI, all the elements we're talking about, this creates more opportunities, and that is something that we, we still have, we still don't even know about it. I mean, I think the recent survey from McKenzie said by 2030, 30% of the jobs that don't exist today will be created because of the te- technology. So we're going through a phase trying to understand what the capabilities are, and I think that's where the hesitation is. Not everybody is going to jump into it because we don't know what the pitfalls are. And we need to recognize that, understand, before we are able to maneuver ourselves into that path. So the mindset of cutting cost, which, of course, is a low-hanging fruit wherever you can shave off, that is a natural low-hanging fruit which anyone would want to go after. Well, is there a healthy skepticism or I will not do, I will remove the word healthy, but there is pure skepticism just because it's new. Uh, and, and that's why we are not going after the growth oriented initiatives for AI. Is that what him like G power is not a small entity and you got all the resources anyone can imagine. So are you, are you even at your organization level looking at it in a conservative manner versus making the full use of what's the potential could be? Uh, absolutely. I mean, if you look at, I mean, you're spot on. We we need to be we're care, we're being careful because we don't know what the I mean what the outcome would be with certain technology. I mean, even when you look at privacy aspect of it, when you look at all the technology, the security aspect of it, there are still a lot of unknowns that need to be addressed, and companies are going to be very careful in making sure that 
all those issues are tackled and we are comfortable before we can go and say, okay, we now we are a we we have gone full blown into this technology and everything we are doing is associated with that. I mean, which is why we are we are doing it in pockets. We're getting better at it, and as we learn from it, we're going to continue to invest more and more and get to that end goal. But not today. So Neil, yeah. uh, I'll I'll take a break right now, but then I'll I'll like to come back and ask you this question, Neil. That how what's your view on the the type of mindset we carry as business and technology leaders? No matter which tool comes our way, that determines how well do we harness the value from it. If we are conservative, and you say I'm not sure what's going to happen next, then you will hold yourself back. You'll not go all the way, and that could leave some money and some opportunities on the table. So, what what is being done at organizational level to not just look at AI in one as one technology instead of blockchain and many other things that were discussed here, is to change the mindset so anything new comes. we are not afraid we are we are not rash but we should be at least progressive in in looking at it so what is being done in that regard in your organization so while i'm touching the culture side but a question at this stage is is i guess good for us to answer so please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back and neil this question will be for you Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com/health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com/health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sanjay Gaul. Now back to the show. Welcome back. So we wanted to maximize the AI opportunity or any other opportunity that may come connected to a newer technology or a newer capability. So Neil, why should we hold back? Why should we be be preventing even a full blown experimentation to see what the limits are and in case we do find an opportunity for growth why would we not want to capitalize on it what are we afraid of and what is holding back the business and the technology leaders from going all the way at least in the experimentation stage as soon as it comes along well i mean i think i think like any new technology 
you want to watch out for pitfalls and, and always start with something small and then kind of build on successes. Um, whether that's holding back, I guess, is a, I mean, liability is a potential issue. I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if your RPA starts, you know, putting in data that's wrong to the customer or your voice chat box starts uh, giving wrong answers to your customers, you know, what are the liabilities there type of issues? Um, I think as a, as a CIO, I guess, in, in some ways, I'm conservative, I guess, and um, whereas obviously the, the entrepreneur of our, or the leader of our company is very, um, is obviously out there and wanting to push the envelope. Uh, and then I think it's really the balance between the two that makes the company a success. So is in progress better than perfection, right? So we are waiting yes, for everything yes, to line I 100% up. I agree with that. Yes. Right. So if you had to yep. do that, hey, I'm going to come back to you because you made that that comment about us us not going and uh, going all the way. It may not be prudent. So if you had to offer a suggestion to the listeners and who are dealing with similar situation, how would they approach so that they are leaning more towards maximizing the potential versus saving their back? I mean, I think the comment I made was from a role of a CIO perspective, it is balancing operation versus innovation. Uh, do I, and the focus typically comes in saying, do I keep the business? Uh, the, uh, my focus is to make sure that the business is running smoothly so that, so that the leaders can then go sell the, sell the product and, again, we're bringing revenue and everything. From an innovation perspective, certainly that, that's a balance I've been focusing on. How do I make sure that we are able to take a carve out a component of our team or work with horizontals within G Power and engage with the innovation team and start to start to look at uh, look at opportunities. But then all the things that Neil talked about, how do we ensure that we are from a liability perspective, from a security perspective, from a privacy perspective, we are not we are not bringing more problems for the business versus trying to solve certain things, which is why. We've been incrementally approaching it. I mean, when we, we are quick to take an experiment, recognize if it fails, and then drop it and go move on to other one. But, again, there is an element of circumspect trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing and also in the interest of the business. And having said, we do have a CDO who who is taking it, I mean, who is trying to make this impact in a bigger element. So they are taking the data and making sure that now they could be focusing on bigger and better things. And but IT, from a CIO perspective, we are there to support them. So is balance word that you used multiple times, is that a synonym for risk aversion? Is that what is the approach we're taking in organizations? I'm not just saying yours, but yeah. overall, that's what you see? I, I would, I mean, yeah, risk aversion, yeah, being careful at this by, to minimize uh, again, as I said earlier on, the the implications of AI or implications of technology is not fully known. I mean, I'll give you an example. Recently, you heard uh, I think Alexa started ordering stuff for uh, for people without uh, them asking for it, or sending the information, my information, to somebody else without somebody acknowledging or somebody asking for it. Again, these are minor things, but. What if happens at a business level? What is the implication? And is there is there a privacy aspect of it? You're dealing with countries now. Europeans, European countries have the GPDR, and how do we address all those things? All those need to be factored in to minimize that. And I think 
the uh, the way you put it, risk aversion is certainly a, a one key element to this. So I don't uh, know, Neil, if you agree with that. I, I do agree. Yes. And uh, so, Neil, coming back to you, when we go about looking at the execution model, so, of course, when you're experimenting, that's one thing. But then when it comes to really putting it in production, and you you made a comment about an outside vendor who provides AI or AI-centric capability as a service, and directly reaching out to business could be looked at as shadow IT, which is a big no-no for a corporate mm-hmm. CIO. Yeah? Yep. But at the same time, if we are not qualified to scale the operations, if we are not qualified to think through what would it take to build such a platform, and there is something that's available right there which will give you or reduce time to value and actually get you to where you want to as a business, then would you still be uh, looking at that with that, uh, not rejection, but it's, it's, it's them against us? Because no, we want I, to be I, able I to figure out that. a build, buy, or rent mode, right, for execution? Sorry? We need to figure out what would be the best mode which could be build or buy or rent. And all of those different cases could make sense in different scenarios. And so we have to be open and be ready to pick any of those. How do you go about selecting when you're thinking about execution mode beyond the experimentation stage when it comes to AI? Well, with the, I mean, if the business comes to to us with a a solution um, that makes sense, I have you know I have no issue there. It's not really an us versus them. Uh, it is definitely a, a cooperative approach. Um, it's just we have to watch that the 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 business users historically anyway for us are really just thinking about their department or their issue versus obviously it's the CIO's responsibility to make sure corporately it makes sense for the entire enterprise and and if we have a solution uh, that's quite similar. Obviously, we, that's already been corporately endorsed. Uh, it, we go with that. Um, there is a lot of different technologies, like we talked about before, though, within AI. So, um, there, like you say, there might be cases where you know SaaS, a SaaS model does make sense because maybe this particular piece of software has some piece to it that our corporate one does not, or maybe it's a problem that will go away in three months, so all we really need it for is a temporary solution. So the the approach, the parameters that you will look at, so Neil, you are faced with, say, a situation where you have to, uh, you, what would be your basis of figuring out, I'm going to build a platform in-house, or I'm going to just buy an off-the-shelf, or I'm going to subscribe to a uh, a service because these are not just you put them and then you remove them and then you put them and then remove them right so these are not small decisions so what would be your due diligence process uh, for us really um, cost benefit and how how long is this um, like are we are we are we picking a tool or are we solving a solution are we solving a problem um, and then what makes sense in terms of the the tool selection based on that um, for us I have to say we do have a a more of an approach that we we build things or that we we have uh, all the technology on premise versus a versus a SaaS model especially if it's pulling data into the cloud we're much more conservative in that res- respect still 
And when we talk about like the AI and and most organizations still do not have the talent or the wherewithal or in the subject matter expertise to be able to pull it off in terms of finally utilizing it to create the end results. So is is there enough openness that is warranted by all CIOs and all corresponding business leaders to basically shed those those boundaries, you know, remove, break those boundaries and say, it doesn't matter. You wanted a capability, you're getting it. Are we shifting towards that mindset because these new disruptive technologies are coming and in most of them, we don't have the in-house capabilities? I'd have to say for us anyway, we we build our own software for our own TMS here. So we do have uh, quite a talent within uh, our organization for business analysis, um, so some of that helps us with some of these, some of the tools of the of the AI within the AI technologies. Okay. Um, so, so Haim, when you are looking at this whole process of building capabilities over time, so while experimentation is going on, what has been done in the past, in the recent past, because this is, AI is not the rec- the only new mm-hmm. disruptive technology. What is a typical approach to going about building this uh, quote-unquote capability? That's what I look at it. People, I mean, process, we've, tools, we've taken multiple approaches. I mean, uh, we've recognized up front that this is a talent that we need to build within GE. So over the last three, four years, uh, there's been a, an influx of data scientists and uh, the, the lead, I mean, technologists who are focusing on those, uh, those areas. So we've been building that capabilities. And then, but more so, we've been also open to recognize that the, there are opportunities outside the company. So, like, for instance, we've been able to, we've approached uh, Kaggle or Topcoder as an avenue to find solutions for some data sets or some types of data sets that we couldn't find or we couldn't make sense out of. So we haven't been shy of uh, approaching outside vendors or uh, outside experts in trying to solve something while... We've been building our own capabilities in-house. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, Haim, the question for you will be about the workforce. So while that's good that you're not shy of using outside help, but then there is also a natural displacement of worker that's likely to happen when you try to automate things or you try Mm -hmm. to do things differently. That means those people suddenly are not useless because they have institutional knowledge. Train them. You have to retrain them. You have to retool them. So how has that been even tackled? Because you've not gone in there. And in many cases, as you mentioned, that some of the jobs which may not even be uh, known to us will get created. So what is your approach to talent retention, retooling, management, so that the very people who would see different technologies come and go they are, are available as a sustained capability, again, human resource as a capability, and we are able to maximize the output from them. So uh, let's take uh, a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow. 
today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. So let's talk about the displaced workforce and what do we do to retool them? How do you even manage that transition? Because retooling doesn't happen just overnight. And these people, you once you started putting AI in place, maybe you'll use them for some time to babysit the AI process. But after that, they could not be sitting there idle. And without them being retooled, how do you use them in the best best possible manner? So it's almost like changing tires on a moving car. What is being tried him at organizations such as GE, and what's the recommendation that would come from you in that regard? I mean, th- this is a, I think for us, it's an evolving process. Uh, I mean, there's no magic bullet in how to address this. When we, when we talked about some of the use cases wherein automation has helped us uh, simplify certain life, that that has allowed us, especially in the finance space, that has allowed us to mm-hmm. have these uh, so-called FPNAs to focus on more on uh, intelligence and more on strategic aspects versus the data gathering exercise that they were doing. Now, from a from a business perspective. They're looking at this as an opportunity to do two things. One is we're going to have to rationalize our organization because now we're able to get more done through automation. And it also means that the role of that person is going to completely shift to being more strategic or more business-oriented or driving value proposition to the business. From an IT perspective, uh, there are two aspects of it. We need to go back and retool, uh, retool the employees because now they need to adjust to this evolving technology. And that is, that is going to be a challenge because there will be some people who will uh, adapt accordingly, and then there will always be people who are much more comfortable with the legacy systems, and then they, there needs to be a path set in for them because that we know over the next 5, 10 years that that's not something that will continue. So we'll have, to, we'll have to work with them to see what makes sense at that time. The other element is what the hiring, the new, the new talent that we're bringing, especially the millennial generation. And that is, I mean, this is a phenomenal bunch of team because they're more adept with, with respect to the technology and there's a lot of focus on trying to bring them on 
and kind of letting them loose so that they can take the, the knowledge for what they've gained and try to implement some of these products within the company. So it's kind of a threefold answer. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it does. It does make sense. We just have to see how do these transitions happen. And so, Neil, to that end, if you had to wear your consultant's hat, if you will, and you had to solve this problem for others or when it comes and becomes a, a, a capability development issue for yourself, since you mentioned that you take pride in developing talent over time. But frankly, some of that talent, not just IT, but also then the business side might get replaced or displaced, not replaced. So they'll be displaced. So that means you'll have to do something with that talent. What do you think could be a good strategy that the listeners could utilize? Hmm. Like for us, um, like like uh, Haim said, um, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the automation we're looking at is about yeah, getting rid of some of the data gathering uh, positions, I guess, and, and like like you said, giving them more, moving them up the value chain to do more analysis, and sometimes like the, that skill set isn't isn't within that individual. Um, for us. It would be more looking, and we are also targeting the finance area as well to start. Um, for us, it would be we are always hiring in the operations side. So for us, if someone is doing data gathering, uh, we have enough room within the operations to potentially move people over from our finance department to our operations department uh, doing similar roles. Although, I guess long term, similar to what Heem said, is, I mean, we're going to probably eventually automate the data gathering within the operations side as well. So um, the low the low end uh, positions or the, the positions where it is much more of a mundane task um, will be a thing of the past. I mean, I think everybody would agree with that. Um, so it's really a question of, I guess, of education and retraining and and trying to move people up the value chain if the capability is there. If I may add to me, I mean, there's an element of uh, the employee wanting to adjust to the moving times as well. I mean, we can provide the training as much yes. as possible, but yes. there's an element of an employee wanting to recognize that digital transformation is happening and uh, that that change needs to happen within themselves as well. So that is also a critical right. element. So that's yeah. a shared responsibility of sorts, exactly. right? For someone to stick around and they should think that, yep. yeah, they want to do something. Okay, yep. very quickly. Two quit job, two but things. don't quit the company kind of thing. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So when it comes to the risk side, so we did talk about the privacy risk. We, we also have some other issues. So... Uh, so, Haim, if you look at the governance models, the way they were thought earlier, the pre-AI era versus now, mm -hmm. because a lot of things you're trying to hand over to a machine or an algorithm, what what would be the shift that you recommend should be in the governance models? Oh, and we're, I mean, I think da data is the center of everything right now. And the, when you look at the corporate leadership, when I, when I look at my own leadership, for them, every decision-making process, which is now, the, uh, which I would say is part of the governance uh, from a corporate governance perspective, is based on data. They're looking at data as their uh, as an essential tool to figure out how to manage the business and what to focus on from a future perspective. So for me, that 
that is already getting embedded into it, and this is something that is going to evolve over time as we understand the ben- uh, as we start to really understand the full benefits of AI. Uh, risk management for you, Neil, has it going to change based on these newer technologies and and anything new that you're going to be doing disruptive? Well, definitely, as our company's grown, we used to have one lawyer, and now we have five lawyers. So it. <laughs> so it's like a risk management, but from more after the post damage, if you will, versus anything you could do proactively to minimize. Or that's not something you feel we can even control. Um, I guess I mean that brings back to the conservative approach, right? Versus the the uh, entrepreneur uh, approach. Um, we have to be careful. I mean, I mean, of potential liability. I mean, I touched on this earlier. You know, um, if your chatbot gives the wrong information to your sales lead or customer, or if one teaches the machine with un, you know unrealized bias, what's the risk there? I mean, if you, your bot starts to populate an application or database with incorrect data, you know, all that type of issues. Um, I mean, one of the things I see with the RPA is similar to almost you know some of the customized reporting in the past. Is you'll we might end up with you know 200 bots running and who's who everyone have to maintain those and make sure they're all still relevant and who who wants the data that you're creating etc. And there's a lot of maintenance going on there that that would have to happen down the road. On behalf of the show and our yeah, go ahead, him. Now I was going to say that one emphasis is data. I mean, at the end of the day, data is the most critical thing. So garbage in, garbage out. Then that's where your risk is. As long as you're ma- managing that data well, I think the outcome will certainly uh, support the business in their growth. But if, if your core data has problems, then the risk and all the elements that we've talked about will, will become critical in addressing those things. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thanks so much, Neil and Haim, for sharing your thoughts on how leaders can work together along with business, the CIOs and the business leaders, to make sure that the very opportunity of AI can be maximized. So thanks so much again for your thoughts and comments. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, hope you enjoyed. Got some nuggets out of this. Please like us on Facebook, search for CTN, CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.